Welcome everyone to Western Connecticut State University in the podcast called At WCSU. I'm Paul Steinmetz and I'm here with engineer Pete Puccio. Together we bring you all the information about WestCon and the people not working or learning here. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a celebration of graduates last weekend and the spring semester has ended so no one but the campus police and the maintenance staff are roaming around the buildings the basement of Whitehall, where Pete and I usually hang out. We still have lots to talk about, though. It's called the future. Dr. Missy Alexander, our provost and vice president of academic affairs, will join us to talk about what the heck is going to happen to get the new fall semester going. Then Dr. Then biology professor Dr. Rada Krell is going to regale us with stories about the last few weeks of virtual classrooms. And finally, Finally, student co-host Chantel Williams will join us to discuss life as a graduating senior, who basically had no life as a graduating senior because of this <laughs> lousy virus. That is all coming up after we say hello to Pete Puccio, whose name can be rearranged to spell Q-Pick Poet. So strange. Where do you find those? Online. Oh, okay. <laughs> the dark web. Ooh, I bet. <laughs> I haven't looked up my name yet because I don't want to know. Uh, just to warn our many listeners, Pete and I are both in our respective homes. We don't have the great setup that Pete has put together in the basement of Whitehall, so he'll sound good. I'm working off, you know, string and tin cans <laughs> in my uh, bedroom here, so it's a little funky, and our guests have different setups too so every once in a while they cut out or something and um, but basically all the information is gold and you should not only listen but spread the word about what this great podcast is sounds good yeah so we'll start with Dr. Rada Krell who spent half a semester teaching biology online Rita, you did all your biology classes online for the last, I guess, two months or so, month and a half. And uh, a lot of people were wringing their hands about it on both sides, students and professors. But it sounds to me like you had a lot of success and students taking advantage of everything they could to uh, make, uh, make it work for them in this uh, period here. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So... I was teaching three classes this past semester, and for one of them, just at the moment that we were preparing to execute experiments that the students had designed, and they had already done the work to design the experiments, uh, literally on the day that we were going to set up those experiments, we were all told to vacate the premises. <laughs> and so, um, so we, you know, we had to regroup. So this happened around spring break. And with some thinking and some collaboration with other biology professors in our department on kind of how we could still make this happen. And really it's about how we could still have the students have an experience where they would gain the skills that they need for future biology classes, which is to go through the experimental process and learn how to present those, those data um, in a scientifically acceptable way. So, so we landed on that the students could do experiments at home with what they could find around their homes, including their pets. <laughs> and so the, the guidelines were they, they could not do anything with a pet that was not in the realm of what the pet was normally exposed to. Um, so if an animal normally played with a toy, they could, you know, evaluate the play of that animal with a toy. So the students really stepped up and brought their creativity. They had to design new experiments. And, you know, I had to guide them through that process remotely, everything from collecting data to data analysis to presenting those data. And they really pulled it off. And we had an, a diverse array of experiments that, you know, would have never happened if we'd done it here on campus. So you know, we had everything from the students. Um, I had one student who worked with uh, superworms, and superworms are larval beetles, and they happen to have a, a symbiotic uh, bacteria that lives in their gut. 
And this bacteria actually allows them to eat things that we don't normally consider our food, such as styrofoam and plastic. And, uh, and so she did a, an experiment where she offered the, these larval uh, beetles, again called superworms, she offered them styrofoam and plastic and banana and looked at uh, how much they consumed. And what she found out is there was no difference in the amount of consumption between styrofoam and banana. So they ate just as much styrofoam as they did banana. And these insects are being looked into as potential, um, uh, you know, potential helpers for helping us to degrade plastics in landfills and, and in the environment. So yeah. um, she really executed a nice experiment um, with very good supporting information from scientific literature that she was able to access online. So um, it was a real success. Uh, we had another student who um, uh, took a Fitbit and attached it to the hind leg of her dog <laughs> and exposed her dog to different types of music and then uh, looked at whether or not there was a difference in her, her dog's heart rate uh, when exposed to different music. And while at first glance that, that sounds kind of wacky, the reality is there's actually quite a bit of scientific research on the effect of music on animals and potentially how to use music to calm animals, for example, if they're in a veterinary office and they may have like heightened anxiety. So uh, some vet offices have, have explored playing classical music in the lobby and does that help to calm down the animals before a procedure? So, um, so again, it, it sounds like kind of a silly study, but it actually has real world applications that have been explored by others. Um, in her case, she did not find a difference in heart rate between Pachelbel's Canon uh, Kenny Rogers and an Eminem song, <laughs> but uh, but she through that process, um, you know, got to experience the scientific process. And uh, we had another student who um, played with his cat with a toy at different times of the day and looked at whether his cat was more playful during daytime or nighttime. Um, we had another student who looked at food preferences of her parakeets and uh, found that, out that they really did eat more fruits and vegetables, even when they were given the choice of fruits and vegetables versus seeds. And she had some very nice conclusions about that. Um, we had another student who measured ornamental plants in his yard and looked at how quickly they were growing um, over a week period and found that the day lilies in his yard were growing the fastest. So again, I, I was so impressed by what the students did under, you know, extraordinary circumstances, but still did not falter and pulled off really nice experiments and had that opportunity to practice uh, presenting those data um, in the way that we do within science. So again, huge credit to the students for for pulling this all together in a very challenging semester for all of us. Yeah, no kidding. Are these undergraduates? Yes, yeah, these are all undergraduates um, and this course is a required course for them. Um, this, this is really, the course is designed to prepare them for future research experiences as they get to the upper level courses in the department. Yeah, and of course, research is always, uh, uh, there always throws obstacles in the way, right? So this will help them when they get out on the field. Yes, yeah, that, is, that is a good spin on it where the <laughs> unexpected always happens in research. <laughs> and uh, yes, you have to be prepared to pivot and, you know, and do some critical thinking along the way. So <laughs> did you do one-on-one -on -one with these students uh, virtually or was it all in a classroom meeting, WebEx meeting or all together? Yeah, good, good question. So. Um, I had, so the students had to execute kind of small components of this that they would turn in so that I could evaluate them along the way. So an experimental design, then they had to turn in their data, then I had to, um, you know, so they had to turn in very small chunks so that each chunk could be evaluated along the way to make sure they were staying on track. Um, and we met as a class um, by, by virtual meeting. So we had regular virtual meetings as a class. They were optional for students. And I would record them and post them so they could be posted, they could be viewed later. I have to say though, most students um, did come to those virtual classes because I think for all of us in this kind of uh, 
just kind of the the nebulous nature of time <laughs> when you're working from home. I think the structure of regular meetings helped all of us to stay on track. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And what instead of uh, testing her dog's heart rate, what kind of experiment would that student have done if you were not doing virtual and you're all on campus all the time? Yeah, very good question. So normally what we do is the students are given a choice of organisms. They can work with, um, usually it's bean plants. Uh, they can work with crickets. They can work with uh, superworms, the larval beetles that I mentioned, or uh, Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Mm. And so we, we choose those organisms because invertebrates um, are generally easier to experiment with than, than vertebrate animals with fewer protocols required. And, um, and then of course the plants, because uh, we, you know, some people don't like animals, they might like plants better. So we give them a plant option. And so this, normally they would have executed these in labs in the, in the building and in the greenhouse and would have, you know, had access to all of our equipment to measure and monitor the, the, progress of their experiment. So they really had to troubleshoot with how were they going to measure an outcome from their experiments because they didn't have scales at home with, you know, three decimal places and they didn't have um, some of the measuring equipment that we have here. So um, I appreciated, you know, some of them, you know, used like kitchen items like tablespoons and you know, and, and small, small measuring devices. And so they just had to report their data in ways that we normally wouldn't report them. Uh, but they, they came up with ways to measure what they were observing. All right, and still work for them and for you, right, as a professor. Uh, yes, the, the goals of the class in terms of learning about executing an experiment and communicating about an experiment, we were able to achieve those goals um, in an unconventional way, but I feel like they are prepared <laughs> for their future classes. They, I think they, in, fact, in the end, they got what they needed. Mm -hmm. So I had a question, are, how can you be a biology student and not be, not want to work with animals or at least be willing to work with animals? <laughs> well, again, some biologists prefer plants. So, <laughs> um, and I, I have to say personally, of course, as an entomologist, I'm always surprised that other biologists will not hold a cockroach, but, you know, to, to, to each his or her own. <laughs> and of course, there's the biologists that would prefer to work with microbes. So, <laughs> Well, do, you make, kinds. do you make fun of those plant lovers behind their backs? Do you have a little cleek? <laughs> oh, not behind their backs. We oh. do. <laughs> it's a friendly, it's a friendly rivalry. Oh, okay, good. But again, I, I of course always say the insects win, being the most abundant and diverse group of, of organisms on the planet. So right, and they eat plants. Yes, and they eat plants and humans. <laughs> so. Wow. But yes, no, overall we had a, we, overall we made the best of it and um, the students really stepped up in these complicated times. <laughs> right. Well, there was a big question about how it would all work before we all went online and out of the classroom. So it's good to hear that it actually, things were accomplished and it wasn't a disaster. You know, it's not the perfect situation, obviously, but it's um, uh, students did learn through their classes. Yes. Yeah. In the end, we made the best of it. I mean, we all acknowledge periodically we would have preferred to have been in person. And the, I think the one the one thing that breaks my heart a little bit about the class is normally our capstone experience for the class is a poster presentation session. So mm -hmm. it's like a scientific meeting where we kind of simulate that environment where each student executes a printed scientific poster and we have like a scientific conference in uh, in the science building. We invite other students, all the faculty to come and interact and ask questions in a kind of a live interactive format. And so that piece of the experience, I, I feel bad they did not get to have. We tried to simulate it uh, in a you know a virtual a virtual way where the students executed posters 
and uh, recorded a narration that went with the poster. We posted those online and invited um, faculty and students to view those. And then we had a live question and answer session where each student had an opportunity to answer questions about his or her research. So again, we, we simulated it as best we could, but um, normally that live session is kind of like a, a party <laughs> to celebrate what they've done in the semester. And um, as I mentioned, many of the students uh, do cricket projects and often the context for the cricket projects is understanding the value of crickets as a potential sustainable protein source. Um, and uh, there's more and more research into um, raising crickets and grinding them up and creating like flowers and meals that can be incorporated into foods to um, increase protein content. And so um, normally for our last, our final celebration, I make uh, cricket flour chocolate chip cookies for the class. Um, and I make conventional chocolate chip cookies as well. And we have a taste test, a blind taste test. And <laughs> so, you know, they yeah. didn't get that part. It crossed my mind to send all of the students chocolate chip cookies, but <laughs> in an already complicated uh, semester that, that didn't end up happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, with the exception of that live uh, final experience, I, I feel like we did a uh, again, the students will be prepared for what's coming next. So. Right. Mm -hmm. And for their next poster uh, party too, they'll uh, at least have the foundation for that. Yes. Yeah. They they all um, had to you know kind of be put on the spot, and each student had to answer questions in a live format. So, um, again, just to kind of get that first experience with that, I think is is still important. Do you grind your own crickets? Uh, do you grow your own crickets and then grind them up? <laughs> I do not. There are like food grade crickets that are that are raised. Um, you know, it's much like you know livestock being raised for other purpose. You know, human food purposes. So there are facilities that that raise food grade crickets, and uh, and no. So I. Um, I either purchase, I purchase my cricket flour, um, pre-milled and food grade, <laughs> and then incorporate that into my chocolate chip cookies. So, so you don't hear them beg or anything? Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's how to do it, I think. Yes, yeah. No, I have eaten um, whole crickets as well, you know, which I, many cultures eat, you know, whole intact crickets that have been prepared. Yeah. Um, crickets have uh, tibial spines, so which are these little spines on their hind legs. Um, so I, you know, I'll eat anything if it tastes good. But I, when I've eaten whole crickets, the spines can get stuck in your teeth, and it's just unpleasant. So the ground uh -huh. crickets are a little more comfortable to eat. <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> as soon as we're allowed to all be you know, on in the world again, I'll bring you over a plate of cricket chocolate. I can't chicken. wait. Yes, please do. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. You too, Pete. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pete and I are always together. So when you yeah. uh, bring them bring to me, you can bring them to him. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Congratulations on getting through that uh, difficult end of the semester and making it work. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Okay, thanks so much. Be well, everybody. Yeah, you too, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Dr. Missy Alexander, our provost and vice president of academic affairs has been working with the president and deans and other vice presidents to create the future, decide what is gonna happen come August. So let's go to Dr. Missy Alexander and hear what that is all about. I thought that it would be good to talk. You wrote a couple of blogs about what the next semester is going to shake out as mm -hmm. in, in so many words. So I thought it would be good to hear from you about what your thoughts are about the process that the university and everybody associated with it is gonna go through to um, get us to wherever we're going to be on whenever that is. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we'll start on time. Good. So the end of August? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We will. 
you like me to elaborate? Yes. All right. Um, so the process, the process is confusing, chaotic, and filled with uncertainty. So that's, that's the baseline. That's where we're all going to start. Uh, nevertheless, we've already run an online university since March. Mm-hmm. And so we have learned some things about what is working, what preparation we would like to have instead of having it thrust upon us. And, uh, and at the same time, we've been watching what's going on with COVID-19 and what the best guidance is about how to slow or stop or control its spread. So like everyone, WCSU has been watching that and has been trying hard to um, digest information as it comes in. That's a good way to put it, yeah. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it because it's, it's uh, you know, every morning I get up and I read the New York Times, I read the Chronicle of Higher Education, I read Inside Higher Education, and any other updates on what's going on so far that I can that I come across. And so every day I'm looking for new information. Well, I should tell you that because of course that's what's going on everywhere. Right? Everywhere is trying to figure out well what is possible, what is probable, and what can we do. But for WCSU, the first thing that happened in thinking about the fall was really this pre-planning that went on with the Board of Regents, right? Our system, well, the system office. Our system office gave us some templates of questions in different categories of the university, both the academic end, the student affairs end, the technology end, and the facilities end to say, what do you see as opportunities and barriers to opening, basically? And we went through this exercise. And in part of that exercise, from my part of that view, it was hearing what people were feeling about what, you know, basically about living online. I mean, at the end of the day, it was basically about living online. And there was a very strong sentiment from all sorts of parts of the university that if we can do it, we shouldn't be solely online. Right? That there are things we can do well online, there are good things that we can continue, but if it's possible to get us back in some classrooms, that would be preferable. And so that was my baseline. All right, so what can we do then? Knowing that, A, all courses have to be prepared to go back online if there's another outbreak. So everybody needs to prepare their classes with the possibility of being online. B, that wherever possible, we'd like to bring students back. So that's, at this moment, a capacity question, right? It's a question of how many students can we fit on campus while observing appropriate social distancing rules? And that is a hard number to determine. Um, It means measuring every single classroom, figuring out what the course caps are and what we can do. And so we're in that process now. Having had a good conversation with our facilities director, Luigi Marconi, um, we've started at the idea that the the basics is, could we get about 50% back? Now, we don't know if we can, but we don't think we can get more than that back. Okay. We think that given the, the, given the social distancing as it is currently constructed, we don't think we can manage much more than that. So we're starting there. We're starting with that. I am working with faculty uh, to talk about what that might mean then. What, how are we going to choose what we're offering and what we're not? And those decisions need to be made around a couple of different concerns. The first is, is it a discipline that just really suffers if it's online? So if that is the case, then we make that a priority. Can we get that one on the ground? But the second layer is about developmental concerns. Because every year we welcome a new group of first-year students who are thrust into a new way of managing their lives that is significantly different from high school. And people always like to scare high schoolers with, it's going to be much harder in terms of the work, but that's not really where the challenge is. It is, but that's not it. It's actually time management. Okay, High school is very structured. 
And often their activities surrounding high school is very structured. And then students come to us and it's less structured. Well, when you put things online, that's magnified. Magnified like crazy. You know, no matter what version of online we do, suddenly we're asking them to basically drop scheduling out from under them. And that's a lot. So when we look at what we might be able to get on campus, we're also looking at that. Should we prioritize a class that would easily go online, but our first year students really probably shouldn't have their whole curriculum online, right? And so that's another sort that needs to happen. And that is very complicated. Mm. We also have to worry about the technology, right? Not the infrastructure on campus, but the infrastructure off campus. Right. What we found this year when we abruptly went online is, first of all, not everybody had the tools they needed. Right. Uh, so we our IT people were amazing and they worked really hard to get, you know, various loaner laptops out to people. But we can't operate that the way in the fall. We have to assume that everybody will have and must have a laptop. College cannot be uh, done on your phone. It just cannot be done on your phone. Right. So that's going to be a way of rethinking about, well, what are the basics materials that students have to have in the fall? Right. Not to mention some faculty, but most of our faculty are where they need to be. It was a little it was a little scary because it was not all uniform. And so the deploying of our software was tricky here and there. But I can say by the end of the semester, we more or less have it. And what we'll have to do with that is patchwork, not massive. But for the incoming students, we're going to have to really look at a standard uh, of um, what level laptops they need and um, and how we're going to deploy them because we shouldn't have anybody not have that. Now, I, and you know, you've mentioned in my blogs, I want to be clear about this. This was such a good aha moment. This was one of the best things we've learned from this virus, which is we have just created a two-tier education system by not attending to this, okay? We said, okay, we've got campus-based labs, so the students who don't have those tools can go to the labs. But we forgot that the students who don't have those two tools are most likely the students who can't get to those labs because they're working other jobs or they're tending other situations. So this is an equity question, and I am grateful that we got to this moment, and we have to take the right steps now. You know, mm -hmm. Now, we are not sure how to fund it, but we're going to figure it out. We're just going to figure it out because we must. So that's also part of the planning for the fall. Um, and I think the other thing is really about everybody feeling confident that we can meet the recommended health and safety requirements, right? And so that means, first of all, everybody understanding what they are, right? And that's critical. Now, listen, I am not a scientist, I am not an epidemiologist, but I am reading everything every day, you know? And I will tell you that as of today, the best advice is still wash your hands and wear your mask and don't touch people, right? So six feet is the, is the, is the barrier around that to try to make sure we don't accidentally touch each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are some people that like to focus on gloves, but it doesn't seem like it's really that helpful. The whole, the whole deal is wash your hands because if your gloves touch the things and you touched your face, you're in the same bucket as if you had your hands touching things and you touched your face. But so that means that there's a lot of planning going on around that, right? Both about making sure that we have the tools to wash our hands frequently, that everybody has masks, that we have protocols for empowering people to tell people you know, you have to wear your mask. Um, and also that in classrooms, we have some way to feel like there's a way to wipe things down in between classes, right? But then people have to feel confident in those things. And that's a much bigger issue, right? I mean, I am saying to you that my best wisdom says this is so. I watched recently a, a report um, about some of the epidemiological work going on in Boston. And it was very clear that they felt that this was incredibly impactful and had had the desired effect, right? That, that in reality, it really as simple is as wearing the masks, washing the hands, don't touch your face. Guess what? We'll catch up on the hugs when this is all over, all right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, so that's good. That's a good baseline. But if people are highly worried, that's going to be challenging. So that's going to be a big part of our planning, right? And the, and the other thing that this, this has 
um, raised for us as a community is real questions about telework. Mm-hmm. Right? We have been an organization that has not been fond of that idea. Right? And now we've all done it. And so we're going to sort through that. Right? We're going to sort through that, not just in terms of who we need to protect going forward, because we have members of our community who probably shouldn't be back on campus at this mm-hmm. time. But also, really, then, what are the rules we're going to make about telework? As it turns out, it's pretty good for some things. So do we want to do that? Now, that's all of our union agreements. And we'll go through that with everybody as we consider what we want. But it gives us at least a moment to look at it because now we can see, well, this is what that would be like. And here are the good parts and the bad parts of it. And so how do we want to manage it? And and we'll figure that out. But that's also what I'm thinking about and trying to work on on a daily basis. But the most important thing I think everybody should know is I understand how exhausting this uncertainty is, you know. And so I'm doing my best to work with the various groups to drive us towards decisions, even if the decisions need to be revised. So, like, as I work with the teams about the communication messaging or how to figure out how many classrooms we really can support, I'm going to work with everybody to make a plan for that. But it may be the case that in in July I'm told something else. Right. So why do I say to everybody, make sure your courses are ready to go online? Because then at least if that happens, we're ready and we are ready to go and, and, and life will continue. Mm-hmm. None of us wants it to be that way, though. So we're, that's why we're working so hard to make other things happen. Yeah. Talk about exhausting. You've been in the middle of all the preparations and all the discussions, everything that has to do with preparing the campus to come back. Like that's a seven day a week job, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, you know, it's exhausting, um, but I feel a tremendous responsibility uh, to try to respond, right? From the very beginning, the respond as we all left campus, the, mm-hmm. the need to respond to people and give them answers because the feeling of being in limbo is exhausting for people. And so I, I did put in the time, you know, um, being on all of these committees and helping shepherd them to completion is something I'm doing, not just because I feel responsible and that I'm, I'm there, you know, in the midst of all of it, but also because being a provost <clears throat> is a particular position that gives you a big picture view, right? Um, and so I am aware of how a decision in uh, my area could impact other areas. And, and so it's important that I be in those conversations. It is a lot. I am going to be due a very good vacation, <laughs> but not yet. It's, that's not going to happen yet because I need to be able to step up for that. Um, now, that doesn't mean that like everybody on our campus, there aren't days when I'd like to crawl under the desk and surrender. Um, and I try to do that invisibly as possible. Uh, sometimes it's visible, uh, but, uh, but it, you know, again, that it, it's a lot, but it, this is, this is the deal. I mean, you, you, you have to, you have to rise to this challenge because mm-hmm. somebody needs to see the big picture and be able to connect the dots. And for whatever reason, partially because of the scale of what academic affairs does, partially because of who I am, I am a person who can see those connecting dots. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of it. That's the way it's yeah. going. <laughs> <laughs> and for the next couple of months, at least, too. I think so. Do you think that um, information for students and parents and faculty and staff will be coming out, say, by the end of June, about what the beginning of the semester tangibly might look like? Um, or later than that? I really hope it's sooner than that. Mm -hmm. I really think that that is just unfair to all of us. Mm -hmm. I am totally prepared as a leader to say these are our best planning uh, decisions as of today. And in my mind, that's like next week, Mm -hmm. right? Two weeks at the outside so that we can communicate to faculty so they know how to spend their summer preparing, right? And so that we can 
communicate with facilities to go around and get the appropriate signage up and get the appropriate materials in place and probably put a lot of furniture and storage, honestly, to make mm -hmm. sure that we keep the distancing in place, right? And that gives us time to communicate to families what to expect and how they can prepare, right? And so I want to be able to commit to that sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. If I And if I say to you, and I've said to you already four times, you got to prepare it for online, then we have a fallback position. Right. But I think we should be able to move forward with the rest of it. Now, I... You, you know and I know that we're part of a system, part of a state, part of an ecosystem where all of this is in flux. But I still think that that is feasible for us in the next week, two weeks at the outside to say this is what we're planning to do. If there's a vaccine a week after that, we'll go to one model. If there's some horrible other discovery, we'll go to the, the, the fully online model. But we all know already we don't want to do that. So why can't we just start planning for that? That's where I'd like to go. I know it's aggressive. I know I sound impatient when I say it, but I just feel like starting is, is easier. If you just say, this is what we're committing to. From here, we can scale any one of these directions. So it's a perfectly sane way to begin. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we'll move from there. So I'm hopeful that, you know, in the next week, two weeks at the outside, we can say that. Um, now, that, like I said, the state the and all of our partners in that, by the way, they include representation from us. So I shouldn't talk about like that like we're separate from it. We're part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But those decisions can take longer if they need to, and they can make adjustments to the decisions. But again, I think we should make our decisions on our best knowledge right now and then, you know, prepare for that. Right. And that'll give people confidence, too, that... You know, we have a decision with plan A, B, and C, or D if we need it, and uh, we'll move from there. We'll adjust. Exactly. That makes complete sense. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have you on next week to see what else is blown up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you very much for joining us again. You're a regular on this podcast, and we appreciate it for all the knowledge you impart to our listeners and um, the, um, you know, calming information you bring. I do my plan. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. See you soon. All right. Now, for the first time, recorded live, not from the basement of Whitehall, Chantel Williams. Hello. There he is. That's Hello. Cool. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. No picture. You shut off your video? Yeah. <laughs> are you just uh, going incognito with everybody now? If you need to do your hair first, we'll wait. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. <laughs> how dare you, Paul? I did that all <laughs> Pete's saying I need to do my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Hello. I was like, you know, I'm tired of looking crazy, you know, so let me get up and like this like past like like a couple of weeks I've just been like, all right, let me get up and like make myself look presentable since we're like I'm stuck in a house anyway, but still. <laughs> it's hard to get back into the routine. I agree with you. Right. Yeah. Have you guys like uh been outside since uh everything happened or since you know stuff is starting to open back up? Yeah. I had I'm actually uh started the process of selling my house and buying a new one. Oh wow, wow. Like in November or something. So that was all going on when this all happened. Oh wow. So we had to do it. Yeah. And it was like Home Depot was our second home because right. we went back and got the yeah. cardboard boxes and cardboard boxes. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been out, but we've been very careful. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I know my dad and my brother are still working. My mom, she's still working, but she's working from home. They were able to, like, send over, like, um, the stuff and, like, her computer and things. But my dad and brother still have to to work so they're just being like extra careful like they're not allowed in the house like like they have to like get just get undressed downstairs <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's good for you and your mom 
and I've just been in the house, like, you know, since classes, like, just had classes online, everyone's just been in the house, and then once that ended, we even had, like, our senior send-off, usually it would happen, like, on West Side in the ballroom, and then, like, our supervisors from internship would be there, and they do the a senior pinning ceremony. So they have like a special pin. Um, and then the juniors would be there and they get inducted as seniors. It was like, like this whole ceremony, but unfortunately, you know, due to the circumstances, we weren't able to have that, but they gave us like a nice, like virtual, like senior send off. It was very nice. Um, I was, I, I won two awards oh, um, and then they were just handed out like different awards. And we we're all were able to say like something that inspires someone that inspired, um, inspired us. And then, something that we learned and words of encouragement that we pass on. It was really nice. Did you mention P to me? Yes, I did. <laughs> I mentioned all of my accolades, like um, at, at WCSU, everything that I was able, like all the experience I was able to gain, um, everything. So yes, I mentioned you guys. Um, and yeah, it was just really nice. You know, something like, of course, like everybody was upset when we heard my graduation was canceled, like the ceremony and things like that. But um I think we we definitely like went down in history as far as getting creative goes with <laughs> when it comes to like ceremonies and things yeah. like that. Because um, a lot of us like our family. I know my family this past Sunday, the day like we were supposed to graduate, like walk. Um, my family like gave me like a parade, like a drive by like parade, so I was able to stand outside and it's like cool. a banner. Um, and then I like dressed up. I I got like a cap. Um, I ordered off Amazon. Um, and I still got it decorated um, and I was able to like enjoy it like that and it was it was kind of like even better because my family like all of my family was able to like attend compared to like the regular graduation you know only a few because of the tickets and stuff but yeah it was it was nice so we just tried to you know you have to make the best of everything you know during these times and then like just appreciate like the little things as well so yeah yeah. That's a, a good sentiment, and it's nice that um, you got to do some virtual things, and your family right. supported you. That's all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really nice. It was really nice, and then what weather was beautiful. Um, you know, we had to stay six feet apart, but it was still like it was just it was really nice. So we were able, like, I was still able to experience like that moment and things. And I know, know like, my cousin, he's graduating from high school. They're doing like um, kind of like a drive-by ceremony for them as well, like at the beach and something like that. So it's just a lot of schools are just getting creative. Mm -hmm. But um, we also had the opportunity to experience the ceremony because they rescheduled it for September. Mm -hmm. So we do that, and I think they they rescheduled um, senior weekend as well. Like I think they did all that. Yeah. Okay. So we're able to get kind of like the full effect. Whoever wants to come back. And then it's going to be like in the O'Neill Center. And if it's like too big, they're going to have two like separate ceremonies, the same type of ceremony, but they're just going to do it twice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to make best with what you have. And then, yeah. yeah. How did your internships go? Okay, so, yeah, that was with everything like that was going on when we first like when all of this first happened, even before the school canceled, like our internships and things. Um, my program that I was in, which was like, um, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a separate program. It's a judicial program for interns mm -hmm. that um, intern at like probation and the courts and stuff like that. They canceled the whole program. They took all of the interns out with a matter of like a day. So we mm -hmm. really didn't get a chance to like fully like close out our stuff. We just kind of just got snatched up out of there and say, sorry, the program's ending. Thank you for participating. And that's basically it. So our supervisors, like at our internships, they didn't even know. They didn't like talk to them or anything. It was just like the overall like head that decided to do that. So we were kind of in limbo because the school didn't like say anything yet. We were still going. Um, and so that's when we like we emailed um, our professors and stuff like that. And they came up with something for us. They're like, no worries. We're going to come up with something. Um, and then that's when the school made the decision to pull us out early. And so that's when um, they had to come up with a whole nother plan for internship. So we basically had to watch like 50 hours of like webinars and videos and things like that, answer like questions and then like um, get a certificate at the end and then put it in a chart. Um, and then our portfolio, everything would be like, was like virtual. Like we had to just upload it. Um, so yeah, it was it was very different. We really didn't get to uh, finish out like our internships, and it was it was kind of like sad because like we were just getting at the peak. Like we were yeah. just 
were just like comfortable. We were so like, we, this is when we were like in our zone, but we were also starting to make that transition into like ending and stuff like that. But everything just like abruptly like stopped with our internship. Um, and then like, I kept in, I still keep in touch with my supervisors. Um, and they're just keeping me updated on how like probation and things and that like are going. And at first it was a little chaotic because a lot of this, like they can't work from home. Like the systems just won't like allow them to work at home. They can't take files home because of confidentiality and things like that. So they kind of went to like a skeleton crew and only a couple of them can come in like a week. Um, and it wasn't just like the Bridgeport area that they were in charge of. They were in charge of like Bridgeport, maybe Haven, maybe Stanford, um, whoever was like on call. So it was kind of chaotic, but they can't, they can't really watch the kids like that as well. I said, well, okay, well, what happens to the ones that, that are on probation, but not really, you know, like being monitored and stuff like that. What if they're on the bracelet? If they cut the bracelet off, they can't, they can't get it put back on. So, yeah. so it was kind of like, I'm like, okay, it sounds like a little chaotic, but from what they said is that the numbers, like there really hasn't been any um, violence, like amongst the youth, everything has been really died down, which I was very happy to hear. Like, I don't know if it's because they're forced to like stay home. I'm not really sure. Cause I thought it was going to be the complete opposite, but um, yeah, no, I don't, I, it, would, it hasn't been like a lot going on. So maybe it was the effects of your counseling. Maybe I'm hoping so. You know, <laughs> I'm hoping so. You know, you give me too much credit, but thank you. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe I, you know, maybe I had a bigger impact than I than I expected. But I think so. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's really it was just really crazy to see like the switch because it literally happened within a week, and like we were just like, you know, because we needed those requirements for graduation, so we were like, okay, well, you know, you really can't penalize us for not finishing, but like, like yeah. what are we gonna do? Um, and it's really not up to the school, like the social work department itself. It's kind of like the overall, like the one that's in charge of all the social work interns from every school. Um, mm -hmm. They have to make the decision about changing like the accreditation and stuff like that. And we're being audited this year, like yeah. the department is being audited. So they were like, oh, you know, this is just not, this is a very interesting year for so, Wow. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting. I think from here on out, things are just going to be very different. We're going to look at things a lot differently um, than how things like normally work. Um, a lot of the things like, and this is something that my supervisor said, a lot of the things that people thought we couldn't do, we we actually forced to do and they actually like work. So that's just a different thing. Like a lot of like with the systems and online stuff. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was just pretty interesting. It's just chaotic because we were just like we we really had no idea what was going to happen to us. Yeah, it went from oh we're almost done to what like what like we're in a tornado like what is going on? I mean, so, you were really almost done. You were looking forward to all the senior celebration stuff yeah. that was happening in two months or a month and a half. Yeah. Right? yeah. We were literally, we were literally just, you know, talking about that. Like, and at first to start off joking, I think everybody was joking about this, like, oh, you know, the virus, da, 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 da. and then when it actually, like, you know, when it actually happened, we were like, oh crap, like this is really, this is really happening. So, you know, it was like, oh, like we were literally just talking about, yeah, it's time to wrap up, you guys. Like, it's the fun stuff is gonna come, you're gonna enjoy, and then like, boom, it's just like, what's going on? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of it's kind of crazy but I think the school did like a good job I think the social work department did a great job like um just being there for us and kind of like calming us and then just um supporting us through this and then trying to work out everything um and that's something that I'm really like like I appreciate because like um you know it's just like we were just very like up in limbo so like we got through it and they did like the best that they could do and it really came out really nice and so now, like, another discussion that we had is, like, what does grad school look like for us? And for those of us who are going into grad school, those of us who are trying to go into the workforce, what is all of that looking like for us as, with, you know, what's going on? So, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> what are your plans? What are you thinking about? So I got accepted into grad school. I got accepted into Fordham, and I got accepted into Howard University in D.C., and I chose to go to Howard. Thank you um, for the advanced standing program. Which so program? At, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, advanced standing. So it's a one year program. Which school? Uh, Howard oh, University. Great. great. Yes. So um, I'm very excited about that. It's just everything is kind of like up in limbo as well, as far as like 
Is school going to start in the fall? Is it going to be online classes, things like that? Um, we had a meeting and the dean said like they are planning to do everything like regular fall, start fall. Um, and then, but I, I said, like, I'm trying to keep, like, be hopeful. I know things are opening up, but this is really going to be the time where we see if stuff is gonna, actually going to get better or if it's going to get worse to see if it's going to go away. Um, I feel like the more we open up stuff, that's really going to determine how this is going to go, if there's going to be a second wave or not. And I'm hoping that it's not, but if it is, I feel like it's going to be around the time school starts. So yeah. hoping like, you know, it's not, but we're, I mean, we're going to see. Um, so yeah, right now they're planning to have regular classes open in fall. Um, but however, they are prepared to do online. And then what does that look like? A lot of us said like online really just doesn't work for us. Like we're better like in-person people, um, especially when it comes to a master's program and trying to complete it. It's already a lot trying to complete it in a year, but then trying to do it like online as well. What does that look like? Are we able to defer? Like what is this? So many questions. Yeah. Um, and then for myself, like I will be moving to DC. So is there a point of me really moving to DC if I'm just going to be like online? So it's like, you know, um, yeah. I could save that money and, you know, um, until, you know, attend Howard University, but just stay home. You know, I'm going to be online. Right. Anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's just a lot up in the air. <laughs> so, yeah, no kidding. Mm. So, um, Go so ahead. Howard is a historically black university. Did that play into uh, your decision? It did. It did. Um, I feel like, especially from my experience this senior year, I feel like I just, it, once I got, like, I did, of course, I did my research. And I had visited Howard before, um, my, like, in high school, my junior year. It wasn't really, like, a full tour. I just, like, got a little bit of it. But I did my research, and, like, their program really, I think, fits for me. Um, experience, especially, like, I'm able to take the experience that I had at a non-historical black college and then apply it to a historic, historically black college and then vice versa like I have like I kind of get the best of both worlds and to see both viewpoints and things like that so I think it's just an excellent thing and then I just I just have discovered myself in a new way my um, race I've just been in touch with it a lot more this year so uh, I think going to this college I mean this university will be great for me and just like open and brighten my horizon even more yep um, yeah, I think it would be really good just to get involved even more and just seeing and it's just helping, just helping my people as much as I can, you know, like, mm -hmm. especially like, you know, growing up in the community that I've grown up in, my goal is to bring the knowledge that I learned and to bring it back into the community and try to help it as much as I can instead of, you know, going somewhere else. Like, I need to help my community first. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. Good. It's going to be a cool experience, yeah. And D.C. is a cool place, too. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying I will love it. Like, Daryl, he was like, you're going to love it down there. It's a, it's a great place. It's really nice. Um, the social life, just the aspect of everything is just really, like, nice. And it's always, like, all I've known really was Connecticut, you know, unless I went to visit family in North Carolina or South Carolina or something. But all I've known is Connecticut. That's all I lived, like, my whole life. So it's, like, it's going to be nice to, like, see, you know, get a change, um, see what else is out there. Um, it's a little nerve-wracking because, you know, I'm, like, the only one out there. But it's, it's sometimes you just got to take that leap and see, you know, how it goes. So, My son is a bartender in D.C. I'll tell you the yeah. restaurant he gives in and he'll oh, give you a free drink. That is perfect. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> he's enjoying it out there. I'm sure he's enjoying it out there. But Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'll look, I'm looking forward to that. But I know Western as well, they're planning, like, they're talking about, like, uh, like if things were to change like as far as school starting in the fall and things like that so i know there's been around that too so that's part of today's podcast yeah. is getting all that uh, done getting all that yeah because <laughs> i talk with it with like Daryl and stuff and um he's just your seeing, boss on campus yes my boss on campus and then just seeing like um what that looks like you know and then as as well like you know we're in the Office of Intercultural Student Affairs. So, like, what do clubs, like, what does that look like if they have to do events, like, online? And, like, how can you, you know, do that? He mentioned TikTok. He was like, is that a new thing? Should the office, like, get involved with it? <laughs> like, sure. You, you know, you can get involved with it. <laughs> Not <laughs> him, like, though, right? He shouldn't be on it. No. no. <laughs> but for students and clubs and stuff and have different activities, um, what does that look like? So, yeah, that was, like, 
something that we discussed a lot um, to see how that goes. But it's just, it's very interesting to see how things go and to see how like, um, like experience, like how, just, just how, what the campus will look like and how things will go. Yeah. It'll be interesting. That's my mom in the background. Hi, Chantel's mom. Is she going to wear a mask? If she is, she can go to town. Oh, sorry. <laughs> come in. I want to say hi. Oh, she, he said you can come in if you like. Are you doing the podcast? Hi, how are you? I want to see your picture. Can you see me? <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay. And my dog wants to join as well. Hello. Hi, mom. This is Paul. How are hi, you? Mrs. Williams. Nice to meet you. I see my dog. Uh, I saw the dog too. <laughs> we never I heard of I just got off work, so I'm done. Oh. And so I'm gonna run out and grab something. Good. Take care of Chantel. Oh, I will. I will. She's been telling us all during the semester, last year and a half, I guess, that uh, how much you've been taking care of her. She says you do a great job. Oh. <laughs> you did a great. You and your husband did a great job with Chantel too. She's been Thank a really you. good uh, student and podcast co-host. Yeah, I know. She's going to miss you guys. <laughs> She's a hard worker. I know. Yeah. That's good. Okay. It was nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you, too. After all okay. the stories. I know. I know. <laughs> I see her in person. You, you want something? No, I'm okay. Thank okay. you. I'm going to check. <laughs> all in the camera. <laughs> okay, so one more question. <laughs> Why have you been avoiding us for the last six oh, weeks? <laughs> been going on it's just been really chaotic trying to get everything together um i think it was I, I don't know if i was like in shock but i kind of was but it was just like a lot like literally just so much trying to get everything together and trying to like transform from online to i mean from campus to online life so it's kind of just been very just difficult but um, i didn't mean to ignore you guys i really did it <laughs> i really did not i enjoyed doing the podcast it's just, it was just so much going on. Um, and I just wanted to make sure my main thing was to make sure like my grades didn't like slip or anything because I'm one of the people that need to like, like I utilize the library and yep. utilize on campus. Cause like, I don't know. I don't know. It's something about like me being in a room. I just get very like in my room, I just get very distracted. And I think it's because like, it, it's my relaxation. Like, like I, like this is my safe space. And like, this is like where I like to relax and like take naps. And so I try to like stay out of my room when like I'm doing work and stuff. Mm -hmm. because, like, I'm going to like want to just relax and slack off. So just making that like not having like the library and stuff like that was kind of just very difficult. Um, so yeah, I did not mean to like get rid of you guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> you got me to do that. But um, yeah, I'm glad we were able to do it this time. And just, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like I said, you've been great as a co-host. We really enjoyed, loved having you work with us. It's been like the highlight of our week, right, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now we got to find somebody who's, you know, probably not quite as good as you, but uh, no, uh, I know, I know. I can always like tune in. I can always like do a special guest appearance. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that would be cool, right? From Howard. Live from the basement of Howard University. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about like any updates and you know. Whatever, whatever is going on with my life, then All right. definitely. So, um, send us your email, and we'll um, connect with you. We'll do that as a special podcast uh, event next semester. All right. I'll be listening. Uh, if you guys are still doing it every Wednesday, I'll be listening in whenever. We're going to. Yeah. yeah, I'm still going to be very in touch with the school. I already like. I said that like even when it came to passing the club down and like the leaders and stuff, I'm still very like going to be very like you know a part of the school as well and then try to help out as much as i can and come visit and things like that are you going to give us money too uh, i don't know about that you know times are tough <laughs> good answer good answer <laughs> uh, the, is there a new president of the black social workers club so we're doing um next week we're going to be voting mm -hmm. um where there's like we're we have like very like a strong e-board that we're that's coming in it's not solidified yet but the ones that are nominated and things like that they're very strong e-board they have a lot of great ideas um but i even told them like we're gonna i'm not just gonna like abandon them i'm gonna be there just as like 
the president that passed it on to me was there for them. Really? Um, Good. Just to help, like, and we also, like, planning like a college tour like for those who want to continue and get their masters so maybe they can come down to dc and like do that um maybe they can like record it or something yeah do, like a whole video vlog or whatever it's called and like um vlog. A podcast yeah 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 and do it just like so we're they have like a lot of great ideas um and they're a great group of students and i think like they're really going to do great things like on campus and it's just, i i see the vision of the club and i just see it expanding and getting even better so all right, we'll keep track of them up here too. Yes, please do, please do. <laughs> Chantel, it's been great working with you. Thanks for coming back for this last podcast of the semester, and we'll be in touch next semester. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> See you later. Okay, this is Paul Steinmetz for Pete Puccio. The semester has ended but at WCSU will continue all during the summer as we help you prepare for the fall semester. So we'll see you next week. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Folby. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening. Go see.